Uh, how, how was Thanksgiving? Awesome. A lot of great food. Uh, had the entire family over. Um, it was, can't complain. No well, fighting. Well, That's good. That's even no, no drama. Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> drama. Well, it's a very different than an election year uh, Thanksgiving that was that was for most of us so many yes. years ago. Yeah. And Jerry, how about you? Well, you know, um, Thanksgivings are all the same. Uh, I probably had Thanksgiving in the same room 65 different times over the course. I think that's of, incredible. It's my my grandfather's house. Uh, obviously, became my parents' house, and now it's my house. But my daughter was buying it from me. So there's that. And then the day after Thanksgiving, um, I invite all of my cousins over. Um, to bring and they have to bring um uh, an appetite leftover appetizer and dessert and or dessert that's nice and and about a hundred people show up in a modest sized house that obviously is not designed uh to be able to uh, accommodate that many people so it's it's a very interesting uh set of pictures cozy if you can imagine it's cozy yeah yeah that's nice. Well, I so this is funny. We were laughing about this a little earlier. I think that the the spam bots, uh, spam accounts on on LinkedIn that I get in my messenger all the time, they have usually it's about RPOs or it's about, you know, we can help a staffing agency like yours. We're not a staffing agency, obviously. Uh, but now um, they clearly know that I'm I'm, you know, I've put some weight on since the pandemic because now I'm getting these fitness people who want to help me get back in shape. And it's like, we can really, we can shape you up and help you lose some weight. And it's kind of, can they see me? I'm like, can you see me through this thing? Uh, it's, it's very upsetting. I feel, I feel a little seen. Do you guys partake maybe, in maybe um... just, it's an inference. Can you see my belly when I'm, when I'm just shoulders up? Like, I don't have pants on, you can't tell, but, but to be able, you know, it's not okay. Do you guys partake in uh, good Friday uh, shopping? I do not. I don't go anywhere close. I, I don't touch that stuff. My wife used to. <laughs> you just can't do it. Oh, People are crazy. Okay. People are crazy. They'll love doing that. They'll sit outside in the cold and wait. It's just nuts. I can't. I, do I respect it. the companies that shut that down and that deal with it in a different way and let the, right. don't make yeah. the employees be there three in the morning. And you know, I have a whole level of respect for that. But I come out of retail, so I have a retail background. So I used to hate that stuff. <sighs> okay. Well, are we are we ready to have a little chat? We have different. We have more important things yeah. to talk about than um, how somehow the the spammers can see my belly uh, through my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> are we ready to get going? Ready, ready, Here ready. All right, let's do it. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Recruiting Community Podcast. I am excited to be your host today. Uh, a couple of reminders before I bring in my co-host. Uh, we are streaming on, on the YouTube, uh, the Facebook, 
uh, the X, Twitter, whatever that is, uh, and the LinkedIn. If there's a chat window there, we'd encourage you to just uh, drop a question in there, drop a hello in there. We'll do our best to respond to those. Even if you're watching this uh, after it broadcasts, uh, we do come back to those if a comment is added and we see that. So we'll say hello to you. And if you've got a question for our guest today, which we're pretty excited to bring to you, uh, we can we can most certainly make sure that that question makes it over too. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I and I didn't mention my name. I I am Rocky Balboa uh, today, and I'm going to bring in uh, my partner in crime, Apollo Creed. Apollo, how you doing today? You betcha. I'm doing really well. Did I win? Well, you know, Jerry, we're in the ring and we're boxing the bullshit out of the recruiting industry. That's I feel like that maybe that's what we're oh doing. Okay, that was good. We're probably not. We're probably not doing that, but we are having a good time ch chatting about the stuff that goes on in the space. Yeah, uh, it's a labor of love. We'll remind everybody this podcast. So there's no ad dollars that come from this. It's not a, not a revenue piece for us. We're just we're bringing in people that we love, that are doing cool things or that have cool things to say that we think you want to hear about. So if you're huffing away on the treadmill, uh, or if you're working working your ass off on the stairmaster, that's great. Uh, just dial in and pay attention. We got some fun stuff that we're going to talk about before we bring our guest in, though. Uh, I want to remind some folks, we've had a really big upgrade to the CXR Solutions directory. So if you haven't checked that out, I want to encourage everybody to do that. And I think I've got a little, uh, let's put this up on the screen. Where is it? Boom. In case, yes, in case you're while you're mentioning, the, the, the piece that I love the most about that is the ability for uh, one of our members to be able to see who has been rating various products that they use and being able to go directly and benchmark with them. And, you know, in a peer platform, bypassing us to be able to do that, I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah. And that so that feature, along with every other upgrade we've put into this thing, it's got 6,000 ratings in it, 350 or so uh, vendors in it that are in use. These are not just rando, we grabbed a list of, of TA vendors. Like these are in use by somebody in the community. Every feature was asked for by one of our community members, by one of the leaders. And that was a big one. Can you guys get out of the middle? Get out of the way. Let me connect with somebody. <laughs> so we happily stepped out of the way. Uh, if you if you don't, if you're watching uh, or if you're listening, I guess you can't see the URL on the screen. It's cxr.org slash directory. It really is that easy. And there's just some really cool stuff in there. Uh, and I think you're going to find we're, we're doing our best to, to put some wins in for both sides of the equation. Uh, and so far, we're having a lot of fun with that. We have some uh, folks who are advising on the vendor side what this solution should mm -hmm. offer up as well. So we're having a lot of fun with that. All right. We ready to bring our guest in? You bet. Okay. Let's do it. We're going to welcome to the show, Deborah. Garno. Deborah, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. It's so good to see you. We've never had you on the show before. I know. This is exciting. I'm glad to be here. You are easily impressed, I can tell. Uh, <laughs> fine. It's fine. <laughs> I have a lot to share too. So that's another reason why I'm excited to be on this show today. Uh, we do have some interesting information to share. So for those who don't know, Deborah is the head of talent acquisition, uh, most recently at, at Circana. So you've just joined. Why don't you give uh, folks a little bit of sort of an escalator pitch around who you are, a uh, little bit of your background, what you do at Circana, maybe even share for those who don't know what Circana is, uh, sure. where they're based, that kind of thing. And then we'll jump in. We got a fun, we got a fun topic today. Awesome. Awesome. So obviously you mentioned I am the head of TA for the Americas at Circana. Circana is a consumer insights data analytics company. So I am definitely in the right company. I love, love, love data. And so, uh, but uh, I, I'm on day nine here, uh, brand new, uh, you know, uh, employee at the organization. Um, I have 28 years of staffing experience, both corporate and uh, agency. 
Um, most recently, you know, was had a stint over at Amazon. Uh, prior to that, I had experience over in media at Warner Media, um, and then um, worked at Big Blue, IBM. Uh, but uh, you know, it's been an amazing journey. Um, you know, leading up to this uh, new position today, and it's uh, I couldn't. Uh, it, it's it's great to be valued at all of the organizations I work for. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you've certainly got some chops. I mean, you've been in the space a while. You've been at some some big some big brands, some some banner companies. So I think that's fantastic. We really got to know you though uh, a little bit better during this initiative we had put together called Community Up. Uh, and it was where we, for those who don't know, it's where we opened the door uh, for a full membership to TA leaders, uh, folks in the space who were in transition recently. So if they were challenging, Jerry, we interviewed how many? How many people did we interview for that membership? A couple hundred, actually. Yeah, I think I think over 220, 230 folks. I think less than fifty uh, were folks that we brought into that. Now we had plenty of other resources uh, made available to everybody who applied and, and wanted to be part of that. Things like TA Talk Tank and research. Jerry and I made ourselves available for sure. Uh, but we found uh, we found new friends and new new strengthened relationships with some folks who we brought in with people like yourself, Deborah. So it was really exciting to see you uh, land at your new home and start a new chapter. But I have to tell you, your experience that you shared with us throughout your search, throughout your journey, was um, really cool. Like your take, your take on it was really cool. Mm -hmm. So can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Especially since it was the first time I was in this situation that I had to look for a job. But yeah, we definitely talk about it. So would we would we put this under a banner of candidate experience? I would imagine. So now you're on the other side of the equation. Not just candidate, but applicant, um, which okay. I think is a big difference because obviously, from a candidate perspective, you actually are in the process, um, you know, you might have actually heard from a recruiter, um, but I take it even a step backwards and just, you know, make it into applicant experience because sometimes you actually don't hear from a recruiter. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I think it's more of an applicant experience too. Okay. And you've got, uh, you've got some numbers to share with us because you <laughs> are do. right. You are in your new home. Like you are clearly a match for data analytics. Like, exactly. So, so share with share with us that Jerry, when you start tracking this stuff and, and you started sharing it with us, tell, tell us about that. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that actually kept me going too, because, you know, being impacted, um, you know, takes a toll on a person's psyche and, you know, being the fact that I've never been laid off in my entire life, um, actually never haven't even been without a position uh, since I had my first child in 2002. So this is it was quite, you know, I don't know, I, I, I was just floored that I found myself in this situation. Um, but I wanted to make the best of it, too. So, you know, one of the things that I really wanted to focus on is, you know, Again, wanted to track what I was doing, but I wanted to track it to like the nth degree, meaning um, not just the titles of the positions that I was working, you know, that I applied to the companies that I applied to, but I got into the, you know, what was the ATS? Because you, you can pretty much figure that out from the URL. Um, I went into the career site to see whether or not they had talent communities, because given my background in sourcing and high level candidate experience, I, you know, I know how important talent communities are with career sites. Um, followed, you know, the, the day, you know, I, I tracked the, the date that I applied and then the date that I received a rejection or some sort of disposition. 
Um, so I kept really, really detailed uh, analytics around my journey. And is there anything you'd call out that was like, I know you can walk us through the whole thing. I love the fact that you were grabbing the ATS information, which is <laughs> really pretty interesting. But what what would be like the the biggest data point that you think you took away? Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, between April 25th and October 29th, um, I had applied to 275 different opportunities, um, ranging everything from animal science organizations all the way to transportation. Um, and of the 275 jobs that I had applied to, I was rejected 125 times, meaning I got a dispossession email. So that's 44%, 56%, 154 ghosts. I did not hear no response. From, no response, no response. And what was really interesting is it didn't matter the applicant tracking system. It was equal amongst all applicant tracking systems. So I was really floored by that data because, you know, being in TA for as long as I have been, I know the capabilities of an applicant tracking system. I know what recruiters are supposed to be doing, you know, on at their jobs, you know, and that is not just reviewing individuals, but, you know, once positions close out, disposition everybody that didn't actually make it through the process. Um, so you know, I was not surprised that I didn't hear back from recruiters even after, you know, having final interviews. Um, I know that it's a lot of organizations have, you know, legal situations where they cannot provide any additional data other than you're not a good fit for this position. Um, but I, I was, you know, I did have two out of all the 275 do reach out to me and explain, you know, why the, the, the company made the decision that they did. And, and it was valid, you know, uh, like both of them were, you know, hey, Deb, you know, you haven't had a rec load that you actually controlled in 15 years. So maybe, maybe this is not the right opportunity for you. I'm like, you're absolutely right. So, you know, it, it was nice to be able to have that conversation. Um, but I also felt because of that conversation that I, that that person opened up the door for when other opportunities came up, I had the the ease of like reaching out to that individual and saying, Hey, would I be a good fit for this role? Should I apply? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was, it was a comfort level that I didn't, you know, receive from any of the other positions that I got rejected because I never heard from them. I didn't even know who was actually reviewing my, uh, my application. So love it. what kills me though, is like that, that, that percentage of not even any of the, you know, beep, boop, beep, bop, you got no right. automated robot. AI driven, like what, whatever automation of a response at all. No acknowledgement of applying, no thanks, but no thanks. There was acknowledgement of the application. So, you know, thank you for okay. applying. We received your resume, mm -hmm. your application, and someone will review it. So those happened, okay. but the disposition never happened. And I'm like, and I know for sure that these positions close because, you know, I was tracking, you know, the um, my applications on LinkedIn, um, in Indeed, uh, ZipRecruiter. And I really focused more on like the LinkedIn side and Indeed side of things because I can actually see when a position was closed. And so and, and by the way, not only did I go ahead and, you know, take full advantage of the easy apply, but I didn't just put my eggs in that basket. I also applied to the position on the career site because, you know, not sure, you know, who's actually reviewing, you know, applications on EasyPly versus the actual career site. So I did it both. Um, but it it was interesting because like LinkedIn had the 
the um you know the notification that the position was closed but yeah. never sent anything to me as an applicant you know so i thought that was a little interesting too because you would think that linkedin would at least notify you know if, if they can notify that you match jobs and that you should apply to positions why not they tell you hey you didn't you know make it through the process and the position had been closed it's what an interesting idea. Well, it is. It is. I could argue, though. I could argue, though, that 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 should sit with the organization. They may have some sort of rule, or, and I don't. I don't know what LinkedIn stance is on this, but there could be some sort of rule or guideline or stance the org takes that says why they do or don't reach out, shitty, shitty or not, of you know the approach. But it does seem to me that if you weren't qualified and you were ruled out, not reaching out to you, pr pretty standard, I think, unfortunately. But when the yeah. rec closes, closes to say mm -hmm. the job is filled and not do some sort of dis like uh, disposition, mass disposition in the system right. that then sends a note out, God, just kind of seems lazy. Absolutely. It's not only lazy, it's 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 unconscionable in today's age and, and with the technologies that we have. Even if you didn't have some fancy uh, ATS that would uh, you know, adjudicate all of these things for you and remind you of that and give you one button to push, being able to um, search for, collect, and send a massive disposition out when you close the rec, uh, almost anybody could do that. And and before the internet, <laughs> we sent frigging postcards out to people on an ongoing basis. So, you know, it's doable. And and I think I think I love the, the the stats here. They don't surprise me, but I do think that one of the measures of recruiting as an industry ought to be the extent to which we close down those companies recruiting activities that are not closing for the candidate at some point. Call them out for what they are. Right. It, what's what's what was even more interesting is the the two industries that I applied to the most, which was technology um, as well as staffing. From a staffing perspective, a staffing industry perspective, 80% ghosting rate. Staffing. Really? <laughs> 80%. Technology, 45% ghosting rate. Come on now. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I, I, I kind of feel like we're in an era, right? We're in a chapter for talent acquisition where we're getting our own medicine fed to us, right? For So for leaders who never gave a shit about candidate experience or weren't focused on it because of the supply demand equation for organizations that just didn't care. And now we're on the other side of that equation. And a lot of leaders are going, Oh my God, like th this is what, so going to apply to my own jobs, that was one thing to learn, but to, but to feel the heat, of looking for work, actually right. looking for work and waiting for an email to come back or having to get through the application process. I'm wondering if this will be a wake up call and, and create a, a refocus on candidate experience. So Deborah, does it, does this change how you view candidate experience? Like, or is this going to be a priority? I've always been focused on it. For me, it was more of an eye opening around, I cannot believe that there are so many other organizations out there that just don't care right. and and it comes down to caring i even take it a next level this way is you know most of my experience has been sourcing you know building out talent communities nurturing those talent communities um 
they're they're losing this ability to to communicate with their applicants. Not even it's it's not even a passive lead, but these are applicants. Why would you not want to continue the conversation to develop those relationships? So for me, purpose, you know, like specifically, like it doesn't change my view on how I perceive this organization, this industry, but mm -hmm. I'm, I was just more of a, it was a shock to the system to see how bad it was. And it wasn't that, you know, these were small industry, you know, small company industries and technology or small staffing companies, mm -hmm. they were large ones too. Right. So you would think that they would have the infrastructure and the knowledge to go ahead and say, we, we need to do a really good job at making sure that our applicants have a really great experience, not just our passives, too. Over the years, you know, Talent Board only acknowledges those that are doing a really a good job for a variety of reasons, including one key issue, which is whether they close by informing all candidates that we're not going forward. But, but I have to tell you, over the years, we've seen um, candidates um, who have been submitted uh, to rate, if you will, uh, a lot of companies that think they're doing well in candidate experience. And we've seen negative NPS scores as, as bad as minus 80 kind of thing, which, which obviously is indicative that there's a lot going wrong. Uh, within the industry, in, in terms of all that, yeah, I think I just think I, I just think we're in a, we're in a period of time. It's so TA is more heavily impacted than I think specifically than they have been in in years anyone can remember. Are now part of the application equation, and in a time when organizations are turning off jobs early because so many people are applying. Why should they care about the candidate experience? There's just a surplus of people wanting to work for me. And I, and I worry that, yeah, but it, that I think that we, we know leaders that care, Jerry. We know leaders that care. That's why we hang out with those leaders. That's, that's why we pull those leaders together. But by and large, I think organizations are like, why the hell should I do anything? I got, I got plenty. I got people falling out of my ATS every time I hit the shift key. Why am I worried? But let me give you one small kind of thing that I've just learned from listening to Deborah, and that is if I were Deborah, and for whatever reason, I need to, my 11 recruiters are not going to be able to handle a particular job, and I've decided that it's in the best interest of the company to use a staffing firm, mm -hmm. um, that staffing firm is now representing me and my company. And I better talk to them about the standards that I want in terms of a variety of things, in terms of setting expectations, but also how they close. And I want that in writing. Um, and I'm, I would be adamant about checking on that as well. So I, my point is we granted that co a company, a staffing company, whatever, may not care, but if I'm in a position where I can hold them accountable, and out them and defend that um, to my peers, th they'll start paying attention. And I do think what you've learned, Deborah, it would be interesting to to get a post from you on not only the experience that you had, but how you might change various things to ensure that your recruiters are in fact closing properly. That you know any number of different kinds of things occur. Uh, that you think would improve the candidate experience. Absolutely. And then, of course, if, 
Yeah, and it's it's so funny because like I always go back to and, and not that I'm a big you know fan of the type of pizza, but Pizza Hut <laughs> has the most amazing experience online, and and my kids love it. So I'm not dissing Pizza Hut, but um, or not not Pizza Hut, Domino's. Sorry, Domino's. Domino's. Oh yeah, has, Domino's has an amazing Domino's order has a online pizza tracker. Platform. You know, like how come? In this day and age, and I know the Domino's Pizza Tracker has been in existence for at least five, six, seven years, maybe. But how come in this day and age, applicant tracking systems and companies alike don't have their Domino's Pizza Tracker, candidate tracker, embedded in their system? How amazing would it be for a candidate to understand that their their applications being reviewed? Their application is being shared with a hiring manager. Their application, you know, is, uh, you know, aging, you know, all the way through to, you know, their application has been dispositioned. Like if that technology already exists, why are not other companies deploying that? Uh, Deborah, I think you're right. Look, we ordered Domino's a week or so ago. (laughs) And I have to tell you, I could tell where Marta was. With my pizza, I knew when it went in the oven. I knew yep. when it came out of the oven. I knew when Marta took it, and I could watch Marta on a map. So why can't I see where my where my application is in it from a disposition standpoint? It's just a right. step and or status in the platform. Absolutely, and you, I'm sure that Domino's rates their stores based on how much time in between of those different steps it took for that pizza to be created and then you know delivered to the person's house. As a TA leader, I would want to have that same kind of insight into how long did it take for, you know, recruiters to review profiles, you know, move them in through all of those steps all the way to hire. Like, it just seems to be to be a no brainer, you know, to be able to identify gaps in process, bottlenecks. Yep. But somebody I just can't wait. I can't wait until you have that going. (laughs) I'm telling you, that's. That's definitely going to be an interesting podcast that Chris. We'll come back. We'll come back to this. Okay, so Deborah, did you use any AI in your in your applicant journey? So interesting enough, um, I didn't. Not me, but I know that some companies did have that, and at least two companies asked me for permission for an AI bot to review my application. Uh, one again, I said yes, and one I said no. But but it was it was interesting that of the 275 applications I put through, uh-huh. and I know for sure AI is embedded in a lot of different ATS and CRM technology. Yep, they stack rank people all the time, and and you know I know that there's like arguments on both sides of the of the fence as to you know should we or should we not embed AI into our our, our application review process, but it was interesting that at least the, these two organizations asked for asked me for permission, which I thought that was really, you know, telling of the organization that they actually cared whether or not I cared if a human was reviewing my application versus a bot. Are you are you comfortable saying? I think it's very admirable that they let you know that that was going to be a practice. Are you comfortable saying who those organizations are? I, I can't remember. I'd have to go back to my tracker on that. Okay. <laughs> I, I ask you because it's kind of interesting. So, and I mentioned this on another, we did another podcast show and I mentioned it, whereas I have a daughter who's Gen Z and she's been applying for corporate jobs for right. going on a year, 
right? Really looking for her ideal corporate job. Same thing. The, the ghosting, no yeah. response at all, like no, no even acknowledgement from a lot of these organizations. And all I can tell her is outside of the networking aspect, it's a numbers game. It and is. you have to keep plugging at it. So it's interesting that your numbers come. How many, how many callbacks interviews did you get for the 270 plus? 50. So 50 came back. So we, earlier in the month, we learned about um, uh, a platform called Lazy Apply. And it's mm -hmm. an AI, and I'm not endorsing it. Uh, I just want to shine a little light on it. Lazy Apply is this AI powered service. And for, I guess, a fee of a couple hundred dollars, gives you a lifetime membership. I don't know why you need a lifetime membership, but they they provide a solution that automates the job applications and they are able to target thousands of jobs based on these basic parameters that you can put in uh there was a gentleman who did this he signed up he went to bed and i guess 2000 applies later he wakes up in the morning this thing had applied to over 2000 jobs overnight yeah and he had 20 interviews as a result wow. the platform i know the platform guarantees uh, the AI drives it. I think it's kind of a clicky, whatever. I don't know that it's actually any real AI, but it actually, um, guarantees an interview or you get your money back. But what, what we have learned from a couple of people who've, who've reached out to us is that it kind of randomly selects answers to pre-screen questions. So it's probably screening you out as many as it's screening you in, but we learned about Sonora or Sonara, I guess that's, uh, it's like $80 a month. We learned about massive. Um, that does, I think it does 50 applications a week, but humans get engaged to review it. So it's kind of an interesting shift mm -hmm. of, of that numbers game. And Jerry and I were laughing about this the other day. And I think we were talking to, um, to our friend Brent, who's, who had a TA over at, over at Dell. It's kind of like TAs had the AI and the apps and the automation and all that for a long time. And now the, the candidates have the AI and the apps and the automate, you know, they've got a little bit of power they haven't had before. And now we're wondering, the, the employers are wondering, mm, can I get some AI to screen the AI applications to <laughs> AI driven? Like it's a silly, silly circle. And in some uh -huh. analytics we were looking at, the gentleman who was sharing it with us said, we've already removed all of the AI driven applicants. We're not counting those in this response. So the AI content from apply is already getting screened out of some of the analytics and the processes. And yet many of them may be highly qualified. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so there's, there is, a, there is an issue, but I love the fact that you have a number that says you, you got callbacks, if you will, on about 20%, but it took a significant amount of time over a significant amount of time for you to do that 250, yeah. you know, application. So, and, 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 and by the way, the 50 interviews were also inclusive of like second interview, third interview, fourth interview. So I had, it was actually like 20, I think it was 21 companies that got back to me. Got it. Okay. So 20, but still, that's, I think that's significant. Yeah. I think it I is. Six month period. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty crazy. So Deborah, I'll, I'll ask you, and I, I love, I love the data. I love sharing. I do think we have to do, like, we do have to circle back and talk about kind of what, what's been going on at Circana, uh, when you, when you've kind of been, you're not the shiny penny anymore, right? You start blowing <laughs> over there. But, but if, let me ask you, if you were going to write a book about this experience, so the last, the last six to seven months, this experience soup to nuts, what would you title that book? Oof. Oh, goodness. That's a big question here. Um, That's why we surprise you with it. 
I know. The book <laughs> title would be called... Uh, I don't know. Something something about uh, don't be a ghost. <laughs> don't be a ghost. Don't be a ghost. Be a human. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. All right. So present <laughs> company excluded. Here's your curveball. Present company excluded. Who gets the first signed copy? Ooh, Jerry. Because it no, Jerry's no, can't do can't do us. Can't do us. Katrina Collier. Oh, lovely. Yes, because she writes an amazing amount of content around recruiters and how they, you know, recruiter recruiting isn't dead. And you know, it's uh I, I really value her experience and her knowledge. And so, uh, and I, I did buy most of her books. So like, <laughs> she would great. be the first person I send it to. She's great. We should actually invite her in to talk about her view on what's going on in the space. I love her stuff. We should. Yeah, 100% follow up. Look at that. All right, good stuff. Well, Deborah, I want to thank you so much. I know you're busy in your new role. You're, and I just love how excited you are. Uh, it's been wonderful to really get to know you a little bit over the last couple of months, uh, and I'm really anxious to see what you do what you do over at Circana. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I love the people there. The culture is fantastic. So, despite the journey being six months, I'm so glad that this was how it ended. I love it. I'm going to put it in the books for uh, Q2, maybe early Q3. We we regroup and kind of see see what you've blown up over there. Sounds good. All cool. right, good stuff. Hang out in the green room. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll, we'll play a little bit of music and whatever, but I'll chat with you just after this. Uh, and that's it. Jerry, you want to say goodbye to everybody until next week? Goodbye, everybody, till next week. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works. Facebook.com and Twitter.com slash Career Crossroads and on Instagram at Career X Roads. We'll catch you next time.